Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. This is segment three of our discussion this week. Is it Palestine or is it Israel? How should we properly address this land that is located in the Middle East? And I'll go ahead and tell you, it's absolutely wrong. It is almost criminal for a Christian to call that land Palestine. As we were talking the last two days, very clearly the Bible tells us that the land belongs to the seed of Isaac, which is the Jews. And so we know that land as Israel, not as Palestine. And we'll find out later today and over the next few days how the whole invention of Palestine began. We're going to cut into that here. And so to understand that area and to understand why there's conflict, why they, it seems like peace is so elusive, we kind of touched on it at the very close of yesterday's broadcast. And if you didn't catch yesterday and the day before, you can always re-listen to our programs online at FortressOfFaith.com. FortressOfFaith.com. Click on the radio link. And you'll find a host of our past shows available for you to listen to. And so let's walk through some history here. Let's, uh, let's go back to the time of the New Testament and the days of Christ. And coming to the end of, of the Lord's life in the, in the development of the church, we had Rome. Rome was in you know, control there. They were the foreign occupying army there and um and in 70 AD it was ordered for Israel to be destroyed. Jerusalem was sacked and destroyed. Its wealth and gold was pillaged and taken away. The temple was knocked down. The walls were destroyed. And there were a small group of zealots who were fighting against Israel. Sorry, fighting against Rome, and 950 of them took refuge in Masada. Masada is that mountain top, plateaued, flat uh, rock there in the Dead Sea region. And Herod had erected one of his palaces up there. There were five palaces of Herod throughout Israel, and they were all built on the same, pretty much same format. But it was built as a defense, uh, you know, a castle and almost unbeatable. And they took refuge up there. And the Romans took after them and they laid siege there in over two years. They laid siege to that area there and they built a ramp. And you can see the remnants of what they did. It still exists today. An amazing amount of moving of earth. And the Jews were up there for over two years. They didn't run short on supply because there was lots of food, lots of supplies that was left up there. The water, the ability to get water up there was there. And, and finally, the Romans were about ready to break down the walls and make their way in. Of course, in the Jewish faith, they couldn't commit suicide, but they did not want to fall into the hands of, of the Romans. 
And so it was designed that certain people would go and they were elected to kill one another. And then the last person would fall on him to commit suicide. And when the Romans came in, everyone had taken, their lives were already taken. They did not want to give their lives to be Roman slaves and to suffer the indignity. However, two mothers and five children had hid themselves away there in one of the cisterns. And, and so, you know, of course, we have a lot of bit of documentation of that story. But this is what we call the dysphoria. After this time, the Israelis, the Jewish nation, came to an end. It's now gone. And they've been dispersed to other lands and other regions. And you're going to find that there's a practice. When you want to kill off a group, uh, a nationality, you want to kill their roots. And so in doing so, you bring in people from different areas there and intermarry and so on. And that happened a little later on in the Roman time period. But let me uh, advance just for a moment to 1800 to 1949. So for you know almost 2,000 years, at least a good 1,000, 1,500 years, there really weren't any Jews living in that area. A few had always remained, but very few in number, and some Arabs, which were descendants of Ishmael. And that area had been called the Levant. It mainly was considered Syria by most parts. Well, you had Islam coming through and taking control from about 700 onwards, and and the battles of the the Christians of Europe and and, and stuff there. And so it had changed hands a few times, Jerusalem had, but it was never what it was in the days of Christ for many, many years. And on the Temple Mount, the Arabs had taken over. They built their Dome of the Rock and their Alaska Mosque and, and, and so on there. But there weren't very many Arabs living there. In 1882, we have a census of 250,000 Arabs, but it also equaled that of Jews. But after that time, near the late 1800s, Zionism was born. As a result of persecution of Jews in Europe and persecution of Jews in Russia, Jews were having to leave areas that they had made their homes in. And as a result, they sought for peace and sought to rebuild their nation. And so Jews began, in the late 1800s, began to find their way back to the promised land. Well, the Arabs started taking notice that Jews were arriving in somewhat large numbers. And so they began to counter that. And so a great number of Arabs started coming in from Egypt and Jordan and Saudi Arabia and different areas there in the Middle East to counter the number of Jews that were coming in. And they kind of governed themselves for, uh, for, for some time. Then World War I came about. And then at the end of World War I, the West, we won that war. And the Ottoman Empire had sided with the evil Axis. And they lost uh, in, the, in the World War I. And the Ottoman Empire came to an end. So the Muslim countries no longer had a caliphate. The caliphate had come to an end. And the League of Nations was formed, and they gave Britain the control over all of the Middle East. It was called the British Mandate, that they would rule and control in that area and bring back governments, divide up the land, and restore peace and commerce and trade 
in that region. Well, for many years, and largely because of the Muslims, when they came in, they began to tax the Jews and other Christians there. And one of the taxes that they did is they would tax them for their trees. So if you had trees, then you would, um, you would pay a tax. So if you cut down your tree, you didn't have tax. Well, cutting down your trees cuts down the vegetation and life. And the area had pretty much turned to a barren wilderness. In 1867, Mark Twain toured the Holy Land. He wrote in his book, he said, If this is the promised land, I hope it's not promised to me. Why? Because of its wilderness and its barrenness. But let's, let's um, focus in on the Palestinian myth. You see, it is the British that came up with the idea of calling that area Palestine. They were given control there, and they saw Jews, they saw Arabs there, and they came up with this notion of a two-state solution. The Arabs that were there were not nationals of any nation. So they conjured up the idea, let's call them Palestinians. Let's call this area Palestine. The Israels, the, uh, the Jews can have their state, Israel, and then the Arabs can have their state, Palestine. Now, where do they get the idea of the term Palestine? What does it mean? Well, it's actually found in the Bible. Two different places the word Palestine is used, and it's in reference to the Philistines. But there was a small enclave of land north of Israel up in Lebanon by Tyre and Zidon in Joel chapter 3, verse 4, and that little coastal land was called Palestine. But also on the bottom side, on the left side, which we now call the Gaza Strip, is what is where the Philistines were, and that's where what was known as Palestine. So there's two little small little pockets of land in the southern part of Israel and the northern part up in Lebanon, actually, where we had a group of Philistines, and thus it was called Palestine. Well, Roman Emperor Hadrian, after the dysphoria, after the trying to you know, move the Jews out and to kill the history and their roots, he thought to bring, bring in other nationalities, other people they had uh, captured and, and enslaved and encourage intermarriage and stuff. And he, in the year 135, began to call that area Palestine, but it never really took. So as a result of these efforts of, you know, of this history, the British conjured up the idea, let's call the Arabs Palestinians. And they began to draw up maps. Now, of course, I can't show you these maps here on the radio. But in the first map, when they showed their, uh, their map, 80%, sorry, 95% of the land of the Middle East there in that, in that region were to be given to the Arabs. 5% was planned for the Jews. Now, this is how the British decided to put this out. And they published their first map, and they called the area... Palestine. And this is the first time, or Palestinia. This is the first time any official map, any document, carries the name Palestine for this region, and that came out in 1920. 
There has never, ever been a nation of Palestine. Even to this day, officially, there is no state that is officially called Palestine. Now, it's been offered to these Arabs for them to develop their own state. In tomorrow's broadcast, we'll get to the what we call the five rejections. Five times they were offered the opportunity to become their own state. Each time they said no. And we'll get into those rejections and so on there. But uh, let's get back to these maps. So when the, when the Arabs saw these first maps, 95% of that area was going to be given to the Arabs, to these Palestinians, and 5% to the Jews. Well, the Arabs were the ones who went berserk and began to riot and, and do what they do best and kill and mayhem and, and so on there. And so Britain came back and rewrote the map. And the second map of the 5% that they were going to give to, to the Jews, Israel, they took 80% of that and gave that to the Arabs. And the remaining of that 20% of the 5% would go to the Jews. Did you think that the Arabs would be thrilled about that? Still, they said no. So we'll get into those things, the five rejections. We'll also get into the uh, wars that Israel had fought against the Arabs in order for them to maintain themselves as a state and see how God's mighty hand has been upon this nation. We're going to have to stop there, but we'll be back tomorrow. I hope you join us at the corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.